Hello and welcome to Dear Graham, a podcast in which Adam and Amelia record things for Graham and maybe others. Mostly Graham though. Mostly Graham. Target audience is Graham. I'm here with our podcast's newest fan. No, nah, I think it's bad. Adam! <laughs> no, we don't do it now. <laughs> no, I say that because Adam's been listening to our podcast more when we are, most. I think only when we are together. Correct, yeah. <laughs> Still makes me uncomfortable. I don't know. You put it on without me asking sometimes when we're in the car. Because I'm a good partner. And you said, you are a good partner, but, and you said to me in the car one time, you said, you're right. It is fun to listen to us be funny. That's a fake quote. Luckily, we both think that we are very funny, so we have a great time. Sure. Today's not funny, though, because um, we're putting out this episode. It's scheduled to come out on Memorial Day, mm-hmm. a very somber holiday that um, yes. should not be fun, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yes. So, a fewer jokes today is the plan. Yeah, we'll see. And neither of us are drinking alcohol. What are we drinking? Water. Yes, me too. <laughs> yes, what are we drinking? Well, I spoke for both of us. <laughs> it's water. It is. Mine's fizzy and it has um, some other kind of oxymel in it. Violet oxymel. It's pretty good. I don't know what oxymel is. It's where you infuse something, in this case, violets, in um, vinegar and then you mix it with honey. Okay. And then you put it in your drink, but only like a little dropper full. So it's, you know, like when you drink. Um, like when you have water and it has lemon in it and it doesn't like hit you over the head with lemon. It's just like slightly sour. That's kind of what this is. Okay. It's nice. All right. So what are we talking about today, Adam? So because it's Memorial Day, I put together a list of some random uh, movies about war or near war or having to do with war. Obviously, Memorial Day um, is for remembering the lives of those who died in conflict Mm -hmm. um but you know it anything in that genre uh i kind of put together a list and traditionally memorial day is only for like per the government or whatever for remembering the lives of like soldiers who died in combat right not including civilians i don't believe it includes civilians but we can remember whoever we want to remember yeah absolutely and as we should and really we should you know remember people all the time and absolutely and like What's the ratio of deaths, really, in war, civilian versus... Uh, it's, it's heavily skewed toward army. Well, still, it's not good. Death is a hard thing. Toward military, I should say. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Navy and Air Force. Mm-hmm. Okay, so do you want to get into it? Let us. You have a list for me? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Um. in no particular order. And really, I just picked each movie because uh, they happen to be movies I'd seen... Um, and they have a, they do a particular thing. So the first one is a movie you've seen too, uh, The Dirty Dozen. Oh yeah! And I picked it because it has Jim Brown in it. <laughs> is that why you picked it? Really? That's why I picked it. Also, I mean, it's so The Dirty Dozen is kind of a semi-comedic take on war. Um, mm. You know, it's not incredibly respectful. I would say to. Um, to anyone, really. The the 12 characters in it are jerks. That's for true. For the most part. It's not like uh, overtly misogynistic or racist. Like, that's mm. not what you meant, is it? No. Racist. No, no, no. Um, not to my knowledge. Not Probably that I remember in this moment. In bits um, that are outdated. Yeah. Some of the characters are probably racist. One of them is uh, a rapist. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. That's not good. No. But when you say disrespectful, you just mean like it doesn't portray no, very reverently. No, not, not to my knowledge. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Correct. I did see a dirty, the dirty dozen. I did see dirty dozen. Whatever. Now, simultaneously, you know, it's a good movie. Yeah. Yeah. I think I had fun watching this yeah, movie. Yeah, it's a good movie. Um, We'll keep moving, but. I don't remember anything about it. I don't think I'd recommend that for Graham. Hmm. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Should we, can you give like a two sentence what yeah. it's about? Okay. So basically Lee Marvin is the lead actor and he is tasked by the army to put together a team of 12 uh, inmates mm-hmm. who are, you know, U.S. soldiers who for one reason or another have been uh, arrested and locked up. Uh, and these are people who are given the option of either joining this team. It's basically the movie Suicide Squad. Huh. Uh, they're they're t- they're given the option of joining this team or either spending the rest of the war in jail or doing hard labor or you know choices that they shouldn't be forced to make. Um, mm-hmm. And then these are the twelve who join the team and go on a dangerous mission. Okay, great. Yeah, and to get out of jail. Out yeah, of, they're they're given the prison. the reward at the end. They're told if they do this mission, they won't go back to prison. But it's probably a mission and, in which they will die. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, I don't think I'd recommend that to Graham either. No, it's intense, actually. Yeah. Yeah. And plus, you know. Like, a lot of comedy in it, but it's it's intense. Uh, yeah, mistreatment yeah. of, yeah. of imprisoned people. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the second one I picked is All Quiet on the Western Front. Hmm. Which, I read the first 10 pages of that book, and I said, no, thank you. That book is tremendous. I should try uh, again, because I'm not in the ninth grade anymore. <laughs> sure. Written by Eric Maria Remarque, uh, who was a German soldier in World War One. Really? And it's... Not autobiographical, but it is what he experienced, and it is absolute hell. Wow. Um, the movie came out in 1930 and does as good of a job as they were allowed to do in 1930 of depicting war being terrible. It holds up. Does it? It's incredibly powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the book is better. It's not one of those times the movie's better than the book, but... I very rarely feel the movie's better than a book. You just can't get it all in. Mm-hmm. You know, if you made a movie that was perfectly accurate to a book that was 200 pages, like a very short book, it would be yeah. a 10-hour movie. Sure. Be a miniseries. Yeah. Um, I think they've talked... They might have remade this. I think there's always talk about remaking this movie, um, but the, the 1930 one's really good. Hmm. Uh, the third one I have is actually three movies... Oh. Uh, these are all movies that deal with prisoners of war. Oh, okay. So the first one is The Great Escape, which you and I started. Hmm. Uh, it It's about a group of prisoners who are trying to escape prison in World War II, trying to escape a wow. POW camp. And yeah. um, it's part comedy, part drama. Like, it it does a very good job of, of towing the line of um, comedy and drama mm-hmm. in a way that works really well it's a very good film um that's really all i can say about that one the second one is stalag 17 which was a play before it was a movie and that is the story of one particular um how like house bunk garrison of prisoners okay um in world war ii who over the course of the play realize that one of them is a german spy oh wow who is um reporting back to the Nazis um, about what these prisoners of war are planning. So all of their escapes are going bust because the Germans already know what they're going to do. Wow. Uh, There's a really good, I don't, I won't spoil it, but there's a really good line where they figure out 
who the German spy is, uh, or they think it is at least, by asking who won the World Series in 1938 or something. <laughs> like the pretty recent, like they yeah, it was a yeah that everybody would know, and the character may or may not know. That's interesting because I don't think I would have known. So how many years prior would that have been? I, I don't remember specifically what year they say, but, um, you know, five years prior. Baseball. Five years ago. Baseball stopped during World War II oh, for okay. a while. And plus there were fewer things yeah. to pay attention to nationally. Yeah, baseball was still the, the biggest sport. At yeah, the time. I don't think I could have told you who won. I mean, I certainly couldn't tell you who won the Super Bowl Always ever. Guess, anytime anybody asks who won the World Series, always guess the Yankees if you don't know. Have the Yankees won in the last five years? No. Good. But just like historically. Up yours, Yankees. They've won 27 World Series, I think. It's too many. Just they should sit out the next play one. Play the odds. Uh, the next one is Inglorious Bastards. I think Graham and I watched that movie and like we're not in the right mindset. I think yeah. I fell asleep. <laughs> so yeah, it's Tarantino, obviously. So it's incredibly gory. I should probably um, try again now that I maybe like Tarantino. And it's kind of... So I'm torn on whether or not this is respectful of uh-huh. war because it's meant to be an over the top respectful you know, of war or respectful, respectful of soldiers people. yeah mm-hmm. yeah that's a better way to put that um because you know it's meant to be an over the top um story kind mm-hmm. of pulp fiction-esque mm-hmm. um and i don't mean the movie pulp fiction i mean like okay. pulp stories yeah um Everything's dialed up to 11. Yeah, every, yeah, exactly. Everything's dialed up to 11. Um, it's incredibly intense. The opening five or 10 minutes are incredibly intense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and basically, it's Tarantino depicting war in a way that, tar- that really only Tarantino can depict war, or, you know, that I've mm-hmm. seen, which is incredibly violent, but also funny. Yeah, I which, don't think I'm going to try that movie Yeah, <laughs> I don't blame you. And then the ending... Is just Tarantino burning the place down. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to try that movie again. That's fair enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not for everybody. Mm-hmm. So the next one is The Hurt Locker, uh, which was directed by Catherine Bigelow. It came out like ten years ago now, maybe less. Than I that. think I watched the Oscars that year. Yeah, Catherine Bigelow um, is the first non-man to win an Academy Award. Not any Academy, like Best Picture. Best, you mean? best director. Best I should director. Say. Yeah. Okay. Correct. Yeah. Women have won Best Actress. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But Catherine Bigelow is the first woman to win uh, Best Director. Wow. How many years have the Academy Awards been going? Over 100? Uh, no, not over 100, I don't think. But they're coming up on it. Yeah, I guess not over 100. They're huh? coming up on it. Yeah. yeah. And it took until the aughts or the early Yeah, teens. I'm not entirely. I think that came out in like 2008. I think so, too, because I think I was in high school when I was watching the Oscars. Yeah. Because I was at mom and I was at our parents' house. It's a really house. good movie. It um so Jeremy Renner is the lead. Anthony Mackie is also in it. So two future Avengers, um, <laughs> and they are in, it's in Iraq. They are uh, part of the bomb squad, and it's just the intense pressure that goes into every move that they make while they're doing their jobs. Mm. I don't think I would watch it. Yeah, there aren't that many movies that have come out about the Iraq War, I don't think. Do you think it's because we're not far enough removed yet? I think it's because it's still a political issue. People still view it as a political issue. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, when you say, like, I would really probably never seek out to watch a war movie on my own. But if I did, it would 
certainly not be the Iraq War. Yeah, it's a good movie. It's a really good. It won Best Picture. It's, yeah, wow. It's very good. Um, the next one is Saving Private Ryan, which mm-hmm. we just watched, mm-hmm. and I picked that because of its realism, mm-hmm. and it just goes all out in depicting how awful it was to be on the beach. Um, beaches of Normandy. Just in general in World War II. Yeah. 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 We watched that movie with the intention of having it be our episode today and then decided that we couldn't couldn't do it. Yeah. Um for this goofy podcast, you know, where we get facts wrong all the time yes, and make fun of stuff. I mean, I've never gotten and... a fact wrong. <laughs> Sometimes you do and you look it up afterwards, you're like, oh my God, I can't believe I did that. Oh, and then yourself. the emails flood in. Now, <laughs> luckily, we don't have an email address. Um, yeah, but um, I have a fact about Saving Private Ryan. It's not really a fun fact. What is your fact? My fact is that um, my audiology professor told us this in school, is that Spielberg, it was very important to him that the movie be as realistic as possible and give the audience the experience of being in combat in World War II, which they succeeded, and apparently a lot of World War II vets had um, had had flashbacks, and it really triggered their PTSD because um, of how realistic it was. Um, which you know, you can imagine, still Spielberg probably saw that as success, yeah. which is messed up. But um, that's not my yeah. fact. My fact is that um, he, I think, would only allow it to be played in movie theaters if the movie theaters would play it at a certain very, very, very loud volume, um, which is much higher than safety levels um, and will damage your hearing. And so the American Audiology Association or whatever, I'm not sure what their um, acronym is, um, petitioned against this, as you can imagine, because it would harm people to go to this movie, like it would damage your hearing. And so the compromise was they gave out earplugs when you went to go see playing or saving private Ryan in, in movie theaters and my audiology professor, as you can imagine, thought that that was a bad compromise and they should have just turned down the volume. Yeah. They probably should have just turned down the volume. I'm sure they should have. Do you want to say what the plot of saving private Ryan is? Yes. Um, just like what you'd find in a trailer type of thing. Yeah. Um, it's a three hour movie. It took us two days to watch this movie because we needed to take a break and go to bed. Yeah. Um, so Tom Hanks, is the captain in um, this unit or whatever, and they're given the mission to, they have to go um, save Private Ryan, who is just a soldier who could be anywhere in Europe. They don't really know where he is, and they have to save him because um, he's one of four children, one of four boys. They're all soldiers, and the other three sons have all died um, on the same day I think and their mother got all three telegrams at the same time and it harkens back to um they keep referencing a letter that Lincoln wrote in um obviously in the civil war to addressing a mother who lost all five of her sons in the civil war um and Lincoln wrote a letter that was as you can imagine very well written and but also like who cares about a letter when all five of your children are dead so the army was this a real my understanding is this is a real policy that okay. the army had okay um the policy was if um if you were the sole surviving son uh if your family had multiple children serving and you were the sole survivor they would take you out of active combat and send you home yeah honorably yeah it's really intense it's and it's really intense very 
It it certainly does not glorify. No, I, war. yeah, it absolutely does not glorify war. No, there's there's a a lot of it is is them questioning what the point is. Yeah, and like, should we kill everybody we see? Should we not? Yeah, like they're gonna kill us, but they've yeah. got their hands up in the air. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it's it's a rough watch. Yeah, it's really hard. Yeah, it was a very good movie. Um, the next one is the longest day. Which is uh, a very also also a very long film. It is uh, the story of D Day. I think this movie came out in the fifties, um, and it's the story of D Day. And really, the the most amazing thing about it is the cast and the you know production and the sets at the time are just insane. Like it's everyone who was um, a big time actor in Hollywood at the time almost is in this movie. Um, and you know, it's really, the cinematography is really good for the time and they did what they were allowed to do as far as accurate depiction of war. Like there's, there's a scene where a guy, like it's more talking about things that are horrible Mm -hmm. than it is showing things that are horrible. Mm -hmm. Like there's a guy who is a medic who is behind, he's a, he was a paratrooper and he's talking about how he had to, he, he ran out of, I guess, um, he couldn't um, stitch up a wound. Mm-hmm. Um, he ran out of sutures mm-hmm. and he only had safety pins. And like, he talks about that, but they don't show that. Yeah. But it's not like there are, there are moments in it that absolutely glorify combat. Like John Wayne is in this movie. Like it's, <laughs> you know. And it was closer to the time too. Yeah. I feel like the more far we get removed yeah, from World absolutely. War II, the more you can question it. Cause at the time it was absolutely like, you know, like every, it was, it was just, it was all in except mm-hmm. for conscientious objectors mm-hmm. who like some of my, um, my residents, my patients that I work with that are older and either are World War II veterans or were alive around that time still talk about, you know, the damn Amish who came to the courthouse because mm-hmm. and like still have a really negative opinion of conscientious objectors. But like the farther away we get from that, the more we can can question mm-hmm. morality, which I don't sure. think you could do for decades no. about World War II in public mainstream. Yeah. Um, it's a good film. Um, you know, I don't know if I'd recommend it for Graham just because of there, you know, there are other movies that do a better job that have come out since. Uh-huh. But really that cast is is amazing. I think the trailer is worth a watch. The trailer is worth a watch. Like, how did they do this in what in what was yeah. the year? 19 19- I think it came out in the 50s. I don't know. I'm not oh, positive. That's really close. I think. I think World it came out in the 50s. It's like huge sweeping helicopter flyovers of yeah. beaches like where they got the helicopter like yeah. <laughs> When was the helicopter invented? <laughs> I don't know. Um okay, so run out of time. So the next one I did was I picked was Glory. Uh, which is the story of, it's in the Civil War. It's the story of mm, an African- Civil War. Is this our first Civil War, Civil War one? Yeah. Um, it's the story of uh, an African-American regiment at a time when that didn't really happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people, you know, wanted them to fail. Yeah. Um, and wanted uh, wanted them to die, just use them as, wanted to use them as cannon fodder, basically. Wow. And Matthew Broderick- um, plays the commanding officer because at the time commanding officers had to be white mm. and Morgan Freeman and um, Denzel Washington play soldiers and Denzel Washington won an Oscar. For it. It's a, it's a good film. Yeah. 
it's, huh. a, it's a far cry from Matthew Broderick and Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah. Would you recommend that one to Graham? Yeah, probably. Yeah, um, it's intense. It has a, it's very intense. These are all intense yeah. for the most part. Yeah. Um, except for the two. Uh, but yeah. Mm-hmm. So the next two, uh, are well you know they both are kind of intense in their own it's, way but. i think it's hard to make a, a movie about war that's not intense yeah. nor, nor should you attempt yeah so the next two um one of them i know graham has already seen uh-huh. uh which is jojo rabbit it's a great movie and then the other one is dr Strangelove, uh-huh which is more about the cold war uh-huh but i would still count it as a war movie yeah totally um, and they're both about the farcical nature of, mm-hmm. of a lot of things in war jojo rabbit obviously has very serious you know, subtext. Uh-huh. Um, and in some cases, not subtext, just right. text. And just seen through the eyes of a child. Yes. So it's not always seen seriously because he doesn't understand what it is. Yes. Um, oh, what a movie. It's a great movie. And Dr. Strangelove is just an out-and-out comedy mm-hmm. about how close the world is to ending every single day. I'd like to give that one another shot because you I should. saw that one in the 10th grade in history class. And any movie that you see yeah. in 25-minute increments in high school over the period of a week, you're pretty much going to hate you're on gonna principle. Not like it. But that one, yeah, that one's good. Um, they're both good. Mm-hmm. And then the last movie uh, is probably borderline a war movie. Um, it's Casablanca. Oh! Which takes place during uh, World War II uh, in a Nazi-occupied territory um, in... Northern Africa, Casablanca, mm-hmm. the titular town. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's basically how war can pull you apart or put you back together as far as a, a relationship. Summary. That was beautiful. Thank you. You're welcome. That one I should give another shot too because I saw that one in high school, I'm pretty sure. And I watched it twice within 48 hours because the first time I thought, this movie's boring. And then I thought, well, but they love it in When Harry Met Sally, so I better watch it again and see what I missed. And the Mm -hmm. second time I was like, no, it's still boring. She said she didn't like you, and that's that. Because I really, I just don't, especially in high school. Took them at their word. Yes, uh uh-huh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) No metaphor, no subtext, no nothing. So I feel like I'd like to watch that one with you, and you can tell me what they're really saying. Okay. (laughs) It's a good movie. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Unpopular opinion, Casablanca is a good movie. <laughs> unpopular opinion, Casablanca is a boring movie in which nothing happens. Which is I what actually I I don't 16. think that's that much of an unpopular opinion. <laughs> okay. um, so yeah, those are those are just a collection of movies about war or conflict or, you know, I, that's just a small collection. Like we didn't say The Deer Hunter. Um, What's that? that? That's a movie about Vietnam. We didn't really get into Vietnam. Um, that's a movie about Vietnam, I believe. I don't think I've um, ever seen any movies about Vietnam except Good not, Morning Vietnam. You would not like most movies about Vietnam. I like Good Morning Forrest Vietnam. Forrest Gump? That's about Vietnam. I've never seen all of Forrest Gump. That's fine. What do you think of Good Morning Vietnam? Because I really, I think I watched it in middle school and what I thought was, Robin Williams is a funny actor. Yeah, I don't love it. No? No. Um, if we're talking Vietnam movies, um... Platoon is probably, as far as I'm aware, the best one, and it's just incredibly brutal. And mm. that's not what I look for in a movie. Apocalypse Now, I think a lot of people really like. I've never seen it, mm. but Apocalypse Now is apparently so terrible to film that they've. I think they made a movie about the making of the movie, wow. which is in turn parodied in Tropic Thunder. Mm. 
which it, it, it's its own thing. Movie I've never it's seen. Uh, it's own controversial yeah. film. Yeah. About war? It's it's about war. Yeah. Oh, okay. Huh. I mean, kind of. It's more it's more a parody of Hollywood. Hmm. Hollywood loves to make movies about itself. Yeah, this one's a little different than the other ones. Hmm. I've never seen it. Um, so I think my main takeaway is I don't really understand the appeal of war movies because I mostly watch movies as entertainment, mm -hmm. like to have a good time sure. or to have a sad time if I'm in a mood where I want to be sad sure. or, and I don't, maybe it's just, I, I, I don't just, I just don't understand really the appeal of war movies and to say that I recognize that Saving Private Ryan was a very very good movie and I mm -hmm. think it was a good time of year to watch it yeah um particularly like when I see my people who are veterans sure. tomorrow and you know a bunch of their buddies didn't make it out mm -hmm. and you I should know. I should point out too there are an, a lot of good war tv shows mm -hmm. you know MASH obviously is a comedy but Band of Brothers on HBO mm -hmm. incredibly good um and accurate Mm -hmm. um, as far as I'm aware, accurate. Mm -hmm. um, the Pacific was less well-received, but I'm sure it was also accurate. Um, they did a miniseries that we started but didn't finish about Catch-22. Yeah! I love Catch-22, the book. It's so funny. Oh, we should. I was enjoying that miniseries. Yeah, we should finish it. We should My favorite again. joke in Catch-22, I'm just going to spoil this joke, and then we'll <laughs> sign off. Uh, my favorite joke in Catch-22 is that there is a character whose name is, first name is Major, his last name is Major, and he's a private, but through a clerical error, he gets accidentally promoted to Major, mm -hmm. and then they, whoever promoted him decides that it would be too much paperwork to demote him all the way back down to private, so they just leave him as a Major, so he's Major, Major, Major. And he just spends every day hiding, trying not to be forced to make a decision because he doesn't actually know what he's doing. Uh, see, stuff like that, like, I understand that it's a joke, but I remember watching it when we were watching the miniseries and I was just like, oh, my gosh, he doesn't know what he's doing. Oh, my gosh. He's so, he's so nervous. This is a bad position for him to be in. Lots of people are going to die. It's going to be his fault. It's so funny. <laughs> I just don't... <laughs> I just maybe if I watch it again, I need to take that's, some anxiety meds before. It's really good. That's a, that's another one where the book is better than anything that's come out. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, that that's another one that points out just all the farcical things that happen in war. Mm -hmm. Like for instance, in that book, um, he has to fly the main character Yasarian has to fly a certain number of missions before he no longer has to fly combat missions. And it just goes up each time. And every time he gets to that number, they're like, congratulations, but, you know, the number's now five more. Mm-hmm. Every time. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Anyway, those are some war movies. Yeah. We don't know how, I mean, as for how you can access them, it's all different. We didn't they're look They're all up. different. We didn't look <laughs> up a single thing. And I don't know if you're a big war movie person, Kim. Oh, my last thing is I, when Adam and I were talking about this in advance, I said, well, war movies, people watch movies to be entertained. Who even watches war movies? And Adam goes, Dads. It's mostly dads. <laughs> I think and that's because right, your dad and my dad both yeah. certainly have also, watched and like a lot of those things. A 10-year-old me who watched a lot of these. Yeah, you were very into war history. I was absolutely very into war history. My mm -hmm. mom is probably yelling right now that I didn't say Gettysburg. <laughs> she loves everything about Gettysburg, I yeah, think. Yeah, she does. My problem with Gettysburg, the film, uh, is that it... There's, it glorifies a lot of aspects about that, both mm -hmm. for the North and the South. Mm. And 
the people who were in charge of that production, I think were a little lenient on the South, which comes through more clearly in uh, their follow-up film, Gods and Generals, which is very lenient on the South. Well, they got to make money in the South just the same as in the North when they put out the movie. And also that was, yeah, that was at a, that was at a time when maybe people were less, I was aware certainly of less people being vocal about accurate depictions of the South Uh and what it was actually like for the majority of people. Certainly the U S has always been racist and remains incredible. Like we're, a white patriarchy, mm-hmm. but I think all the time it gets less so. So even five years ago, it's the hope. It's the hope. That's, the, that's hope. the hope. Yeah, absolutely. So, but even five years ago, this was I was pretty young. Uh huh. But like, no. What I'm saying is, uh, wait a little while, yeah. and stuff that seemed moderate is going to seem mm-hmm. inappropriate. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Which great. Let us continue more radically in that trajectory. Trajection. Trajection isn't that the right word? Yeah, that works. Great. It sounds funny in my head for some reason. All right, Graham, there's some wrecks. Uh, a somber Memorial Day to you. Yeah, let us know if you watch any of them. I'd actually be interested. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And if Great. not, that's fine, too. Much love, Graham. Bye. Okay, bye.